Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Scripture Zechariah 2 5 over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Dr. Ed Delf, a noted speaker, pastor, author, and apostolic figure for many churches, locally and internationally. Dr. Ed Delf is president of Nation Strategy, an organization that unleashes the potential of communities through the strategic alliance of church, business, government, education, and media for the benefit of the community. Thank you so much, Dr. Delf, for accepting the invitation to share what God is doing through your organization, Nation Strategy. Dr. Delph, I read that Nation Strategy started in 2000 with the strategy of envisioning and empowering some of today's leaders in the church to be some of tomorrow's leaders in the community. And this is done through case presenting, teaching, coaching, and mentoring as I was reading um, your website. Did God reveal this vision for Nation Strategy right away or throughout your past years of pastoring a church? Well, that's a, good, that's a great question, and um, in order to answer that, I almost need to need to kind of reference, take, go back just a little bit. I'm I'm really concerned about the church in the sense that you know this is the how do you say it? It, it, it rather than the lion the lion that roars, it's oftentimes the church is the lion that goes meow. You know, and and, uh, so what what I discovered through the years is that, you know, churches are are underachieving, born to win. Many are conditioned to lose, born to win, conditioned to lose. And people, too. And if the church is that way, the people are going to be that way. And so what we have is this huge uh, potential, unfulfilled potential um, that, um, uh, you know, is uh, passing over opportunities repeatedly. That's the definition of poor. Poor, P-O-O-R, passing over opportunities repeatedly. So what, what we want to do in nation strategy, what I want to do, and the board along with me, is to try and help, help churches and, and, and other organizations like this, and, and even community and city leaders. I mean, we, we, 70% of my time is spoken in the church now. About 30% of the time is spoken in business, education, media, government, those types of areas too. So we're a resource, not the source, but a resource for um, for other community entities. We're here for them. Well, they aren't here for us. We're here, we're here to help them be better at what they do. So if we can bring in something that's lacking or wanting or needing or in need of building up in their church or their area or their organization or their city, um, our job is to kind of go in there, assess the situation, hear from God, be led by the Holy Spirit, uh, come up with not only the problem but a solution. We aren't just missionaries, we're solutionaries. 
Okay, so, uh, and that's what people love us. It's like, here's the, you know, here's the problem. Uh, it's the old find a need and meet it type of thing. You know, here's the problem. Um, you don't see it because you're maybe a little bit too close to it. You know, sometimes when you're right in the middle of a city or in the middle of a church. Or a situation. Or a situation. <laughs> you know, we all suffer with that. Right. You know, So it, sometimes it takes an outside That's view true. to change uh, something from the inside. And um, so our job is to come and say, you know, you, you're really doing well here and well here. We always try and say, point out the positive search. You know, you do. I give you an A plus here and an A plus here, but have you ever thought about this, you know? And so have you ever thought about this? What if we added this to that? And here's, here's, and, and that's why we started Nation Strategy is to envision, empower community and church leaders for societal transformation. And in order to do that, you got to be a, not just, how do you say it? Not a half a church, but the whole church. It's the whole, see, it's the whole church that goes to the whole world. But if you have, if you're a church that's just existing for yourself and building your kind of agenda and so forth, then guess what? The world's missing. The Bible says, "For God so loved the world," and not "For God so loved the church that He gave His only begotten Son." So I think sometimes we kind of confuse those two. So we're just a resource ministry. Um, and uh, to those who will have us, and there have been many, many, we've spoken to thousands, 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 um, our repeat clientele is off the chart as far as different countries we go to, and we go back uh, year after year after year. We, uh, our particular ministry is a process, not an event. So I'll say it real clear, clearly here with a closing statement. We're just here because they're here. We're, he- we're here to help them be better at what they do. Um, and, and that is, we want them to reach the whole community. We need Christians that look like Jesus, all of Jesus, not just faith or not just prosperity or just not some, uh, you know, holy scriptures. We want them to look like all of Jesus. So we're to grow up into all aspects into him. So we want Christians, whole Christians that know the whole word so we can go to the whole world. So uh, we want Christians that look like Jesus, um, churches that look like all of Jesus. So many churches just pe- you know, speak on just part of a Jesus. You might be a faith church or a prosperity church or a you know, Holy Spirit only church or, you know, or a fundamental church or a Holy Scriptures church only, you know, and that's, that's great. It's not that they're wrong. See, see, they're right, but they're right partially, and it's killing them. Because the Bible says when Jesus is lifted up, when all of Jesus lifted up, it draws all men to himself. If just your church is, let's say, is a faith church, then you know what it draws? Other people are only interested in faith. And pretty soon you become a deeper life club, a holy huddle, us four and no more, and everybody else out the door. And you lose your whole uh, witness to the community. And then you're only discipling your people in one aspect of God then rather than growing up into all aspects of God. So the idea is to grow Christians that look like all of Jesus, churches that look like all of Jesus, and then communities then that look like all of Jesus. So what has been their reaction so far? Well, we've been going on 20 years now as an organization. Um, we're yes, pretty sustainable. <laughs> we're pretty sustainable. And um, 
you know, most uh, nonprofit charitable organizations like ours will start out and, you know, they'll go for a few years and then just kind of lose it a little bit. This has been going on for 20 years now. Uh, our re- and like I say, I, in fact, I was just in Singapore not long ago and some guy said, you know, do you realize Ed has been here like 17 times now, 17 years in a row. Wow. And he's never done the same messages, the same messages twice. So he's layer deep here. So if people will stick with us, it, this doesn't happen overnight. I know. So it, you keep a, a good relationship, a positive absolutely. and constant relationship with yeah. the people or the churches that you go to. Exactly. That's awesome. And here's what we do, Marina, Amen. is is that we, I, I can describe our whole ministry in four words. We inspire. Mm-hmm. Okay. We equip. Mm-hmm. We care. And we solve problems. We're solutionaries. So the difference between many, many spe- there's many speakers out there, but not of them, not all of them. It's like they'll come in and inspire, but and they ma- don't maintain a relationship, yeah, it, a, a long-lasting or lifetime relationship That's with That's the people right. that they're training. And so our our ministry is a uh, a process with events that happen along the way. Most of our movements today in church are just an event. Everybody goes for the big event, the big mm-hmm. splash. Everybody goes. It's like getting, you know, a shot of uh, sugar. You know, it's like <laughs> eating a Snickers bar and you have a high. But the next day you come off the high mm-hmm. and you're right back to where you were the before. So it's an event-driven type of thing rather than a process-driven mm-hmm. with events along the way. And so that's our idea. We're a building ministry. There's, there's blessing ministries, and they'll come in and they'll bless you and all that kind of stuff. There's blessing ministries, but then there's building ministries, and we're a building ministry. We're, we're the guide by your side, you know, conforming to the image of Christ. Amen. And, you know, if you think about it, too, God deals with us, too, in that way. He takes us through a process. Absolutely. Very well said. Absolutely. Yeah, this is growing up into all aspects into him. See, that's the whole Ephesians thing. You know, Mm -hmm. that's why you have those five offices there. If you only hear from one office all the time, you aren't going to grow up. You'll, they'll, you'll go about as far as they can take you. But then you need some of, those, uh, some of that other input, too. If you only have this one hearing from one person all the time, da, 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 and that's all you get? And that's all you get. Then, one times one equals mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Okay? One cannot multiply. And so mm-hmm. we, it's, it's all, I use this illustration, Marina, and I think your readers, your, your listeners here will enjoy this. Um, it's like a, if you, anybody here plays golf, it's like, you watch what the professional golfers do when they have a long putt. You know, maybe it's a, uh, you know, five meter putt, you know, maybe it's a 15, 16 foot putt. What they'll do is they'll <clears throat> see the putt and they'll see the hole and they'll look at the ball. They'll get behind it and they'll look at that from that angle. But then they'll go over to this other angle and then they'll look at it from this other angle, and they'll look at it from that other angle. So different angles. That's right. So what happens is, the you can always tell an amateur golfer, because he'll just look at it from one angle. Mm-hmm. That's like only a pastor will mm-hmm. only look at things from one angle. Mm-hmm. A teacher ha- basically has a propensity to look at most things from one his his angle. It, it's different than the teachers. It's like getting those different viewpoints of the mm-hmm. putt. But if you put all of those together, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, you know, all that, then guess what? 
the, a professional looks at it. He, he'll, if we use church terms, he'll look at it from the prophetic view, the apostolic view, the evangelistic view, the teacher view, and the pastor view. Then he'll come back and be, looking at all those things, he'll join them all together and make an informed putt. And boom, that's the difference between an amateur and a professional. That guy will probably make, he'll have a much higher percentage of making that putt than the amateur will. Awesome. That is so important that you said that because we need to look at it in different viewpoints, like you said. And how many times do we get those several or numerous viewpoints? Hardly ever, right? It's well, and, and it's because of fear, because most churches and pastors. And now, is it fear or because even just maybe just the pastors have also been taught to look at it, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. one angle or viewpoint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there's multiple things going on here. Okay. And sometimes it's fear because they don't want anybody to hear another voice, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of voices out there, and mm-hmm. I think there's everything right about that. But the problem is, it sounds real good, but it's not very biblical. Mm. So, um, what, what this, so it's okay for iron to sharpen iron. Mm-hmm. I understand there's destructive voices out there, but sometimes, you know, a prophetic person will see things differently, mm-hmm. and he'll see an angle or she'll see an angle that's completely mm-hmm. different, and you need to know that angle to make that, that putt. So I'm not saying that you're under all of those people at one time. But I think in today's world, especially, we, there's so many, uh, it's, it's a matter of getting the feel of that where the other person's going to be looking at. So sometimes, you know, it is, it is more of fear. They don't want people to hear one voice. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's very good reasons for that. Um, sometimes it's, yes, you're just exactly right. It's they've only gone to church. The only thing they know is a pastoral viewpoint. And and that's what they're gonna. They're, that's what they were taught in seminary or Bible college or mm-hmm. from the church, the movement they were at. So mm-hmm. they heard that particular angle. Of course, right. and, the, and the weird thing is, everybody calls what they do the whole counsel of God. <laughs> and sometimes it takes another voice to say, "Well, you know, I mean, it's been. I've come into churches, and when I go into a church, when we go into a church." Just answered the question, you know, and 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 uh, I'll pretty much assess. I've been a pastor. I've been in business. I've been in ministry, you know, since I was twenty nine. I'm seventy years old, so that's that's a quite a few years now. Okay, so, yes, indeed. so um, uh, but but um, so I've got a bit of experience of you know, what can you say? I've been pastor. At, He's been a singles pastor, been a you know senior pastor, grown a pretty big church, uh, almost a thousand, you know, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, uh, grown a big business, still going on here today. In fact, I'm going there this afternoon, but um, uh, Central Binder here in Phoenix, and and so uh, I started that. My brother kind of finished that, but but the point of it was was that. Uh, and when I go in, I'll get a pretty good assessment of what's going on based upon just experience and listening to God. I Amen. mean, I don't. So the Holy Spirit just tells you, you right away. Yes. You have great discernment. Yeah. And it's. And you have to for the work that you do. Yeah. Absolutely. I just wrote a book called, well, Dave Lake here locally, D- Dave Lake, and I just wrote a book called Redefining Rama. Lance Wall now wrote the foreword for it. All this, it's really, it's amazing book, and it's Redefining Rama. And the whole thing is about just hearing from God. Faith cometh awesome. by hearing. hearing. 
And you hearing see? comes from the word of yeah. God. So you can't have, you know, the interesting thing about a rhema word is that you don't have to find faith. Faith finds you. Faith mm-hmm. comes. When God gives you a rhema, speaks to you, mm-hmm. uh, a biblically correct, spiritually accurate word, mm-hmm. all right? Like with Mary. Mm-hmm. Mary, you know, no rhema spoken by God will not happen. You know, you are pregnant. I know you don't think you are, but boom, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when it's a rhema, you'll have faith for it. And so that's what I always watch for is when I go into a, I want to just be silent. I'm going to listen and silent, have the same letters in it, and just listen and hear what God's saying, but also experience is talking too, and wisdom's talking. Wisdom, in fact, shouts in the streets. So it's just this whole thing. And so I'll just help these guys because they brought me in for a reason, you know. Um, and so I'll just kind of sit and listen and, oh, okay, yeah, I see how this culture got here. I see I see what they went through, bye-bye. I, I pretty much get where they are. And, you know, I'll say, man, it's it's just like Paul. I'll, I'll, give, I'll use Paul's example because like, most of your listeners will relate to this. Here comes Paul. He goes in the Corinthian church. Mm-hmm. He was the father of it. I mean, think of this. So he knows the Corinthian church, mm-hmm. but they're having problems. They have what's called Major the, problems. the Corinthian climate. You know what creates right. the, create, the, the Corinthian climate? Mm-hmm. All teachers know fathers. Mm-hmm. All teachers. So we have all these teachers in the church running around, giving everybody all these different voices. That's why pastors many times are hesitant. We don't know which voice he's hearing. So we have all these teachers, but nobody is going to be with these guys. They're going to deposit their message and then leave and go on to the next church, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And the pastor's left with the mess, mm-hmm. you know, so I understand that I've been there. That's happened to me and uh, so forth. But but I'll just go in, and, and so Paul goes in the Corinthian church, and he, and he says, man, you guys, you look like Jesus and the guests, man. You got guests flowing and all that type of stuff. But, I mean, and I really like that, and I admire that. And But have you guys ever heard of character? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Have you guys ever heard of, gee, you know, you look like Jesus. You got to give you A plus and the gifts but F minus in character. So let's mm-hmm. let's not take away the gifts. Leave the gifts where they are, but let's bring in that which is lacking, wanting or in need of building up and mm-hmm. we'll just let's just work on building up this thing called love. Mm-hmm. Because character is contained in love. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden let's build you up in love. And, and so how do you build them up with love then? Oh, well, if well, you say that what do you do? Yeah, you well, you have to start. You start with mm-hmm. it, it, every concept that we get. Everything starts with the head. Okay. It starts with knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But then that information has to move from their head to their heart. The information needs to turn into revelation mm-hmm. or there will be no transformation. So how do you get that to happen? Because you know how... We, yeah, we yeah. hear it often how we need to be doers of the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, every, the whole process to move from the head to the heart to the feet. Mm-hmm. So it starts with information. Right. But then, sometimes the information doesn't go to the heart. No, no. That's right. That's exactly right. We just read it and read it and we know it and we even repeat it and we say it and we share it. Yeah. But yet it's not in our heart. There's nothing I can do to create revelation. There's only one thing God has to say on that verse. Let there be light. Mm. 
In other words, you get to have the aha moment. You know how it is. You read that verse 32 mm-hmm. times in yeah, the Bible. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you read it the 33rd right. and you go, wow, aha. <laughs> exactly. You have the aha moment. So they need the aha moment. You've got to have the aha they just moment. You yeah. have to continue yeah. reading it over and, and over. God has to do that. Flesh and blood reveal. Peter goes, Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Dude, you just found Nemo. You know, he said, you, 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 Flesh and blood did not, CNN did not reveal that to you. But, but they have to desire it too, though, right, Dr. Delph? Who? They the, have to desire wanting I, yeah, I think, a deeper meaning and really knowing what God's word is. Absolutely. And here's the problem. Okay. Most people aren't aware that there's a deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. There's always the story behind the story. Right. See, information is what? Revelation is why. Why mm-hmm. the what? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And other once you see transformation change does not happen until you understand why the what. You can give people not the devil knows every verse in the Bible and he's still the devil. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you, right. can, you can know every verse in the Bible and mm-hmm. be in complete darkness, mm-hmm. and so that's the problem with the church. We have all these verses, but it's not revelation. Exactly. So it's information, and we think information is going to change us. And the Bible says exactly the opposite. All it does is puff you up, and give you a mm-hmm. big head. All right. See, the devil promised Eve wisdom, mm-hmm. but gave her knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that was a bad trade. So everything starts with, get this, okay, so it's it's information. And then it's got to become revelation through illumination. Let there be light. Mm -hmm. And then you have transformation, which creates incarnation, which is where we require a little perspiration, okay? So, (laughs) (laughs) it's but notice the process. Yeah, that goes with that. You see, and what, in today's church, in today's world, we're so used to Greek didactic, you know, either or type of teaching. Exactly. That we think to know it is enough. Now, you go to Asia, and, and, and Asians are amazing to me, and I've been had the marvelous privilege the last 20 years to be immersed in English-speaking Asian culture, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, you know, all through that part of the world. And um, now Asian, he'll look at it different. He would say, why would I take the time to learn that information if I wasn't going to do it? Mm. So whereas we're in, in, in Western culture, well, it's enough to know it. Now give me something else. To, wow. to wow me with your knowge. Mm-hmm. So it's more of an academic type of uh, culture. So than it's also it is programming too, right? Of, yeah. Programming in the culture because they just, I mean, actually the world operates that way, don't you think, Dr. Dell? Yeah. Is, it's, let me no, give it's you academic. It's just Everything academic. Is academic. You have a bunch of, you know, and it's, I call them thoptic. Mm-hmm. It's a thought optic. Yeah. Are you with me? Good point. It's a thoptic, okay? And if you, I mean, listen to the people in Washington, D.C., or to the mm-hmm. political people. They have thoptics, but they have no idea how to get there. So mm-hmm. they have this marvelous, glorious idea that sounds wonderful, but no idea how to implement it or ex- execution in the ex- execution implementation states. They have no strategy. They have no, it's just this thoptic, this soundbite that goes out into the air and inspires people 
but mm-hmm. there's but it, it the truth is it, it can't even become reality right you know it's just so, a wonderful idea yeah yeah and, that, and we, we become an idea culture mm-hmm. we become a thoptic we 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 we're, we're, we let we let um uh things inspire us but we don't let things change us exactly and uh it doesn't move from our head to our heart to our to our feet and so the way to get back to your question starts with information then it's got to god has to open the eyes of your mind and then he opens the eyes of your heart yes see so you might have a and he even calls a revelation there in ephesians opens the heart you might know have to get a spirit of revelation and of understanding god will open the eyes of your heart and then once he opens the eyes of your heart that's where you have the aha moment you didn't get there there if you think about it as a Christian, you knew about Jesus before you got saved. You probably knew about Jesus for years before you got saved. Mm-hmm. But at some point, the Holy Spirit came in. You didn't do anything for it. Right. Peter didn't do anything. You don't work that way. It's totally God's deal. And God will just come in, and all of a sudden, just like with Peter, this isn't the son of man. This isn't the son of David. This isn't the son. This guy's much greater than all those guys. This is that thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, boom, you just got it. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's revelation, not information. Right. It's revelation. And then you can go on into, after you have the revelation, then behavior changes quickly. Yes. Behavior doesn't change with knowledge. Yes. Behavior changes with revelation. And see, it's it's like the guy that, you know, uh, knows he should take care of his heart, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I, let me give you an example. I know I shouldn't eat French fries. Papa's fritas. But you do it anyways. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> so it's carbohydrates, soaked right. and saturated fat. They're going to plug up my arteries. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. I know I shouldn't eat those. You know, now ask me if I eat them. Do you eat them? Of course I do. <laughs> exactly. I know I should work out. I'd live right. stronger, be long, you know. Now ask me if I work out. Do you work going, out? No, are you kidding me? <laughs> you see, so we live in this world of we, yeah. it's to us. And it's, this is Greek thinking, typical European based Greek thinking. It says that it's enough to know it. It was a quest for knowledge, not transformation, not revelation. You know, it wasn't, it, you didn't have to do it. It's enough to know it. So, okay, I know that. Now give me something else else to, to, to do, you know, that type of thing. So we have a, it's a huge, our whole church is permeated with this because the culture is permeated and we don't even know it. Now you mentioned all these viewpoints that it's important to share several viewpoints when you're um, training the leaders. How do you know you've given them several viewpoints? Yeah. It, well, do you come with a team? Like, for example, before you go, do you prepare the message and do you share it with the team and say, okay, we have all these different viewpoints that I'm going to share with these, uh, with this audience that I'm going to talk to. Um, so how do you know you have all those viewpoints that you talked about? Well, <coughs> I think this comes with there's several things like I have a, I have five, I have eight different people that I'm mentoring. You know, I've chosen the revelation people Okay. from, I got, you know, one from Malaysia, one from Singapore, uh, two from South Africa. Uh, let's see, two from America. 
one from Canada, what, uh, one from um, wow, South Africa, places. two from South Africa. From different countries yeah, and yeah. states. Yeah. And, and what I do is I'm, ha- I'm in the process now. I'm 70 years old. I just turned 70. So I'm in the process. I've been doing this 20 years now of this yes. international, uh, well, national and international ministry. Because we speak in the United States too, and and all that, and love it. In fact, the do you speak more here? No, I think I speak more in the in the international. I've just got this international grace. We'd like to speak more in America. I would love to. Our intercessors and our board has felt for the last three years. We've been praying through this pretty intensely. We need to be in the United States right now. The United States is in trouble. You know, yes, I would have. I would have assumed that you, no, you spoke it's more God, here. God's just giving me a grace. Wow. I mean, I don't want to. I could, I won't even start with all the. I, it would shock you um, if you knew. You know, I've been to South Africa forty-five times, New Zealand forty-five times. Um, uh, you know, Argentina thirty times. I mean, I can go on and on and on to all these countries. Some hundred countries spoken, probably at least ninety of them. Okay, um, right around in there. Uh, I got to really someday I got to really do the I've you know done the facts and figures before but I need to update it but the point of it is is that um uh to answer your question here I'm training these people I have all these contacts and so I'll have them come in too I'm in the process of giving them all my clients and like in Singapore I just took a guy by the name of Shaven Briat from South Africa uh, in Centurion, South Africa, Pretoria area, and uh, you know, introduced him all my people in in uh, in Singapore and Kuala Lumpur, and so he's running. He's already done another conference. He went on his own now, and so th- what I like about him is number one, they they have to have two qualifications for me to you know feel like I can multiply myself through them. And what are those two qualifications? Uh, number one, they have to be Revelation people. They have to not. They have to be able to hear from God. Faith comes by hearing. So when it's a rhema, faith will be attached to it. You don't have to find faith. Faith mm-hmm. finds you. Mm-hmm. Peter didn't have to find get enough faith to receive mm-hmm. Christ. God gave it to him mm-hmm. because it was a rhema. Faith comes by hearing when, and yes. the hearing by the rhema of yeah. God. Not logos, rhema of God. And so you, I, when I feel faith, I go, that's it because that's god just spoke what and i have the absolute faith that that's the solution and i go in as that that solutionary now it's it's you know it's there's a learning curve to this i've been doing this a lot of years and stuff like that and it's not as easy as everybody would you know to be especially when you're working for others because uh what i might say could affect a lot of other people sure. and i'm here to make them better not not worse you know right. what i'm saying i'm i'm here to uplift Amen. them edify them edify yes. them yes build them up yes. and uh man i just we have so many testimonies i could share and all this type of stuff but but it's just amazing what we're looking for with these eight people is that, and number one, they have to have, be, hear from God and with real revelation, mm-hmm. not just fake revelation, real revelation. And um, uh, number two, be able to communicate it clearly. Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that get revelation. They have no idea how to communicate it. And so in today's world, clarity is a rarity. And so you have to be able to communicate it clearly. I don't speak to people. I don't teach. I don't preach. I don't screech. I don't beseech. What I do is I communicate in a way that's so clarion that they can't miss it. 
that's what in your you, communicating you're also teaching oh absolutely no no that's you know see communication is much it's much bigger than teaching i mean all that other stuff you know it's it's interesting there's a lot of people that speak but they don't communicate that's true that's why people leave churches and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know so the object is not to teach the object is to communicate. That's what Jesus did. Mm. And so I want to connect the message with the audience. My job is to, to make sure that they get it. And they get it to the point where it puts them in a zone for revelation. Where all of a sudden they get, aha, I see that. I've never seen that. You know what people say to me all the time? It's, it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest approach I can ever What do take. they say? They come up to me and say, I mean, this is... All over the world. They come to see. Ed, I didn't I didn't learn anything new today, but the way you said it mm. had such impact. It went from information to revelation. Wow. And um uh it's it just the way you said it. And I said, That's what I do. I, I just stop and I say, you know what? In fact, I do this in my conferences, and this is the way I'll start it. I'll say, Everybody turn to the person next to you and repeat after me. Say neighbor, and they'll all say neighbor. And I say, you're not going to learn anything new today. And that's the way I'll start. And man, everybody loves it because they know this is going to be different. Okay, I set the stage. <laughs> uh, basically, it's the way I. De- it almost sounds like reverse psychology, it, 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 too, it's though. Total reverse psychology. <laughs> it's no, but it is. Jesus didn't teach them anything new. What he taught, he taught it so clearly. Mm-hmm. He gave them. He didn't teach the what. He taught the why. Mm-hmm the what and were not our hearts burning within us on the road to Emmanuel the greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus you know he communicated we're not our he wasn't open the eyes of their head he was open the eyes of their heart they already knew all that stuff they already knew the Torah they already knew the logos they already knew all that stuff what they needed was God to say let there be light And so what happens is, you know, um, the reason I wrote the Rhema book, and Dave and I wrote the Rhema book, was that I was talking, I was doing a conference for Lance Wall now, a stream conference, and we were in Cabo San Lucas, and and this was a few years ago, two two or three years ago, and and, um, I was saying, Lance, you know, and we're in the middle of writing this book, you know, and so you got all these people climbing you know, the government mountain and the, te- you know, the education mountain, all these mountains, you know, of society. I said, but you know what? It's one thing to climb a mountain. It's another thing to have something to say when you get to the top of the mountain. It's true. And see, that's the, having that rhema word, having the, having a clear word for the community, not for yourself, not to get me richer, not, not, it's not about me. It's about, God gives gifts to you so God can give, give, can give out gifts through you, all right? Mm-hmm. You're just a conduit for Amen. others. You're just a, gifts aren't for you, they're Amen. for others. Exactly. And so my gift is for others. My gift is to help all those clients out there. In fact, if you're listening there, you're a pastor, stuff like that, please, I, I promise you, if you'll take a risk, I'll be, just get in touch with me, I'll be glad to come and all that, and be the guy by your side. I promise you, you will, I, you know, I'd say in nine out of ten times, you're going to grow. Amen. And it may not be instantly. Sometimes we got to do, we got to tear down a little to build up mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I won't do the tearing down. You will. 
Mm-hmm. But so, because mm-hmm. we're going to honor your culture. I'm there to be a blessing to you. I'm not there to be a curse. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, get a big offering. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, just blah, blah, all that type of stuff. What we're trying to do is help you to get your purpose called vision and destiny in your church. That's all we're here for. Amen. But after you give them the why, Dr. Doug, mm-hmm. what if they are, let's just say, or do they ever struggle with it? Well, because it, you, I, I'm a guessing that you have challenges. Um, yes. How do you confront these challenges? Well, and, and a lot of times we'll take them, uh, a lot of times what I'm aiming for is not the first time I speak. Okay. So it's, you you go there often. Yeah. It's the third time I speak. So it's usually the third time. Yeah. Wow. And so we'll build. And, That's and see, a good they'll, point. they'll love it. I mean, we've been, I've been doing this quite a bit in South Africa, New Zealand uh, right now in a new series I'm doing and uh, for business people. And, and so I will come there. In fact, I'm getting ready to go there in a few weeks here to, well, being, I go to Japan and then Wellington, New Zealand, and then to Honolulu for all, all ministry stuff, you know, but, but the, the ideas in Wellington, I'm going there to speak, to warm them up, not for this time, right? for the next time. It's That's like awesome. playing golf again. It's the, a process. The too. hole in one, you know, I'm going to hit the driver. Yes. But I'm, I'm going to, are you with me? Yes. Ben is going to go 300 yards, okay, or whatever. Hopefully it stays in the fairway, you know what I'm saying. But, but, but I'm, I'm not, the only reason I hit the driver was so I could be putting, you know, uh, two, two or three shots later. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way you have to look at it because change happens in steps. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's a process. It, you got to have a new mind skin in order to have a new wine skin. The problem with most people is they have the wrong wine skin. They're trying to put new wine into old wine skin. It won't hold it. So we got to change the mind skin and then you change the wine skin. So then God can pour in the new wine and it can hold it. Mm-hmm. So that's a process. <clears throat> and so, exactly. um, you know, I don't like this stuff of, um, you know, promise them everything, give them nothing. You know, a lot of people, how many times, and I'm not being critical of any church here, but it's just become part of our culture. You know, today is your day. You know, we have these, today is your day, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people have been going to churches for 20 years and every, and they've never had their day. And, but mm-hmm. they'll still come back to see, to hear today is your day. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem is with that, number one is hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to do something, too, in this. Yes. You know, come, come to our church service night, get your marriage healed for, and your marriage, your, pray for, and your marriage will be healed. And I'm going, wait. You know, you know what that person wants? They want, a, they want God to solve all the problems, but they don't have to change. It right. took it took it took ten years to make your marriage a mess because of choices you're making, and so what you want is for it all to be fixed. Boom. Are you with me? Without having to change, I, absolutely. What comes to mind is God can't do what He's authorized you to do. Yeah. He can't do what He's authorized you to do yeah. for you to change. Well, you're now a co- you hear the word. You're a so co-worker change. with Him. Exactly. Yeah, you're a co. I mean, you. Second Corinthians six, you are co-worker with God, not for exactly. God. You don't right. work for God. Right. You're working with, with God as a Christian. And so sometimes, you know, it's my responsibility to respond to his ability. Mm-hmm. 
All right. God says, if you'll, you know, if you'll do your part, I'll do my, my part. part. So sometimes we need to change in order for your marriage to stay better, you know, and mm-hmm. to tell that person, just come and all God's just going to heal everything and everything's right. going to go happy ever after is God's breaking a lot of laws to do that. Now I understand there's every once in a while, there's a person that has that and I get it. God's a big God. And sometimes right. he does change all the rules. Okay. But that's the, by far the exception rather than the rule of thumb. The mm-hmm. idea is for you to grow up into all aspects into, into Christ. And that means, you know, if it's going to be, it starts with me after God's told me that I need to change. Exactly. See, some my first response would be, "Well, say, okay, do I have a part in this making this marriage back?" God says, "Yeah, dude. I mean, you need to change this. this and listen for His voice, mm-hmm. and then, boom, God will impart to you if He's supposed to be the faith to do it. Mm-hmm. Then, as you change, it will change." Amen. See, my cooperation so with God's operation leads to a Jesus revelation. God gives us the ingredients to our mm-hmm. daily bread. But we have to bake it ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I definitely do. You know, going back to you going to um, the different countries and it being a process for them to accept the why message. I really appreciate the fact that you stay in partnership with them and you go back because that is so important. You see so many uh, organizations that don't do that. They, they give up. They only go one time. Yeah. It's, it's it, you know, it's a Paul, what, three missionary journeys. Boom. He, mm-hmm. I long to come back to you. I long to come back. See, in the beginning, it was, you know, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And then the two... You know, it takes two or three to agree. So you had Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve had to agree, okay, mm-hmm. on something. you got to have two or three to agree. So the, Adam agreed with Eve, and then the two became what? One. You went from agreement to a unity. And once you get into unity, then the next thing is you get in, and go into abundance. The two became one, right? Agreement, mm-hmm. unity, abundance. Agreement, unity, abundance. abundance. Agreement, unity, abundance. If you and God can't agree, if you want to do your thing and God wants you to do this thing, then you don't you 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 don't have an agreement. So you can have unity, and that stops abundance. Exactly. And so, uh, we, but and see, nation strategy is doing that. Exactly. That's what we're helping to do. Yeah. And what we do is again, God is high relationship, high task. Now look at this, Adam and Eve. I want you guys to get your relationship, mm-hmm. right? Okay, out that, but out of relationship, then came task. Mm-hmm. Fill the garden, subdue it, guard it from intruders, all those kind of things that God asked them to do, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. So it's always, God is high relationship, high task. Mm-hmm. High relationship, high task. But notice, relationship before task. task. Out of relationship came before task. Before task, out there, outside and, in the community. And most of the church today is is you know all these guys are driven you know for the whatever their task is you know we want to see more miracles so we want to see they're driven by the task and but what happens to a task driven church is they'll have problems with relationships because wow. because the task becomes more important than the person then that person then you have utilitarianism you're only that person is only worth what they can do for your church that's and that's just unique. like the world, though. You're only oh, worth no, what you can world. do. That's exactly. 
It's total performance. Mm-hmm. It puts people in performance mode. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, they, then, then, then you, once you get into performance, then that creates, uh, uh, basically puts people into a flesh mode and they have to perform and they have to do it on their own and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then once you get, perf- then when they can't do it, because the flesh always fades. All the Old the Testament always fades. Moses, one time he had the glory of God in his face. You know, six months later, he's got a veil over his face because he didn't really want to know that the glory had faded. Mm-hmm. All right? So then what happens is once you, then they, when they can't perform, now you have performance anxiety, which is going to create all kinds of other issues uh, around that or whatever. So they'll, uh, a task-driven church will have a, Basically, they'll have a lot of church splits and so forth on, because the task is what's important. It's almost like a parachurch. Um, so then even tasked. just the, um, the Holy Spirit is grieved there. Well, that's the result, yeah, is, is that, you know, is again, that operating? You're, putting, you're putting people in a place that maybe the Lord didn't even speak to them on doing that. You know, it all comes back to hearing God. The question mm-hmm. is, did God say to do that? Mm-hmm. And and um, and you'll know because you have faith for it. And if God told you to be that usher and, you know, go for it and all that, then boom, you just do it because exactly. he's ordained that. That's what you want. But if you don't, can't find any faith, if you, you know, if you're, uh, you know, type of thing, then Boy, especially on important decisions, you know, sometimes you just serve out of obedience. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, I can go usher at the whatever service and that's just sheer obedience and so forth. God didn't say to, and he didn't say not to, but Rama is what we need to be listening for because that's in important junctures and important times and strategic times. God will always give us a Rama. Amen. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, and I'm with today's special guest, Dr. Adelph, a noted speaker, pastor, author, and apostolic figure for many churches locally and internationally. Dr. Adelph is president of Nation Strategy, an organization that unleashes the potential of communities through the strategic alliance of church, business, government, education, and media for the benefit of the community. We are now talking about how God is helping him, empowering some of today's leaders in the church to be some of tomorrow's leaders in the community. Dr. Delph, what are your thoughts in church partnerships where churches work together in unity instead of uh, in fear of losing people in their congregation? I know you brought your book today, Church and Community, a book that you wrote in 2006. Please um, share um, your um, opinion or what you've learned, let's just say, through the years about church and community? Well, <clears throat> the, I, I wrote the book Church and Community, and the idea of the book is if the community is not going to church, then the church needs to go to the community. If the insiders won't go outside, Good point. the yes. outsiders Amen. won't come inside. Yes. Think of it this way. Earth wasn't going to heaven, so heaven had to come to Earth to show the way, not preach the way, screech the way, beseech the way, but to show the word. The word so had true. to become what? Flesh, Flesh and well amongst us. I love the Greek language or the language of that of that era there or whatever uh, that was used. It was a common common Greek language, you know, most everybody knew. Um, uh, it's Jesus. He pitched his tent in the neighborhood, in Earth's neighborhood. 
He came from heaven to earth to show the way. And so Jesus was the first neighborhood activist. I'm sorry, it wasn't the person that you know or this, that, or the other. He became a neighborhood activist, and he showed them, he showed them what God looks like. Mm-hmm. And so um, this, this whole idea of church community is so important. That, do you realize the church is the only organization in the world that exists primarily for its non-members? Mm-hmm. Think of that. And the truth is people left to themselves make it about themselves. And so we've always, if you look at the Jewish people in the Old Testament, what did they do? Anything other than a Jew was a dog. You just read Matthew 15. Mm-hmm. You know, anything other than a Jew was a dog. Now, that probably is not going to help you have too much influence over that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. And so, um, that, but they, you know, they were a people left themselves and they made it about them. So the, the, the Jews were good at being you know, upward. I mean, they worship God and, and inward, they're very much a community, but a closed, they became a closed community and then basically made the logos of God, the Torah, you know, into some type of rules and regulations that man could keep and man's power. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't do it on their own. (laughs) So they had to reduce everything down the lowest common denominator, which is exactly the wrong way to go by the way. Um, so how do you get a church to have a different mindset to go reach the community? It, well, to me, it's, you've got to, I call it case presenting. Yeah, okay. I've got to present a case for three things. This is all the time. And this kind of concludes our last thought here. Churches need to be upward, inward, and outward all at the same time. Upward, inward, and outward. Upward, inward, connecting with God, Mm -hmm. connecting with each other inside the body, the body of Christ, koinonia, all those issues, and then connecting with the community that they're there to serve. Wow. You know, um, seek first the communities of God, and all these churches will be added unto you. If you grow the community, you'll grow your church. So how do you grow the community? How do you grow the community is by becoming... In three different ways that I would say, and this gets back to your unity question. Yes. Um, as, and as far as I can find in the Bible, there's only th- three por- what I call a por- portal. Mm-hmm. You know, like a like a black hole. You know, it's almost like a portal, like a gate. Boom! Where if you do this in the church, boom! It goes right to the community. Okay, there's only three that I can find, and the, I won't take the. You know, it, it, the first thing you have to do, and this is what I try and help people do, in, in changing their mindsets, first of all, you have to present a case. You have to show how it's biblical, first of all, because everybody wants to know it's a biblical. All right? And then so you show them, you present a case, and you present it not in the idea, they already know all this. They already know about missions. They already know they're supposed to be out there. They already know that, you know, blah, blah, all the things that I could say. I already know it. But what happens, they don't have clarity on it. It's not a revelation. It's information. So I have to present a way. Clarity in going out into the community? Because for me, when I think about going out into the community... Um, it just seems so simple to understand that yeah. absolutely go out anywhere. You bet. Community, your next door neighbor. I mean, just reach anybody and everybody. Go out into the world. Well, see, we, why is that? Because you've had a revelation on it. The others okay. have information on it. And so it's in the Bible, but it doesn't affect me. 
Are, are you with me? I'm with you. And, and uh, that's for I'm other people you. to do. That's not my measure. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That, yes. That's not my. That's not my thing or whatever. But the truth is, is that I mean, Paul says, "Do the work of an evangelist." Everybody can do that. Do that work. But, but the point of it is, as we all join together, we can have different people that are a little better. Some might be better at upward. Those are the worship guys, you know. And mm-hmm. some might be better inward. inward. Those are the pastor guys. And some might be better evangelists. Those are the missionaries and evangelists guys but everybody in the church everybody has a ministry i'm sorry if you are a christian you're in full-time ministry so why not use your where you work that's your church that is your church that's where you take christ into that place and when you go in there jesus goes in there and so what does that mean you live the life right in front of them you don't most christians are uncomfortable being salt and light Mm-hmm. which I can't imagine, but <clears throat> it comes from our genes. The Jews had the same problem, mm-hmm. okay? So we're just repeating uh, their their uh, mistake or whatever right now. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be somebody that's listening out there right now that says, oh, and our church is really outreach-oriented mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, okay? Um, that's great, and I'm proud of you and all that kind of stuff, but you might have the opposite problem where you need to just stop and listen to God. You know, you need to do a little upward ministry or inward ministry or whatever. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult because we tend to be good at one or two of those things and rotten in one, one or two of those things many times. Exactly. So it's a whole, I've got I've to present that to help people understand that, wow. Um, uh, we we need to have us. We need to be upward, inward, and outward all at the same time. Now, unity is interesting. Your question on unity, because think of this. And Jesus said this in John seventeen. He says, "I and them, and them and you. I and you, and you and me, so that we may be in them, mm-hmm. and they'll be one, so that the world will know that God sent Jesus." Hmm. It's interesting when the church, when churches, the church, not just a church, but the church is in unity. Somehow it goes right out in the community. When we're in unity, they know that God sent Jesus. Now, I don't know how that works. I don't, you know, I can give you some examples of that. You bet. I mean, obviously, but, but think of this somehow in the spiritual realm, when we're in unity, and this is why we have so much trouble in unity with unity, right. is that because it's a powerful spiritual ally, um, you know, and I don't know if it's that sometimes it's the devil messing up, sometimes it's our flesh and our egos and all that type of stuff doing it. But uh, think of it, when we're in unity, boom, it goes right out in the community. That Absolutely. is pretty cool. Yeah, because whatever we have in us goes out. Well, agreement, Everywhere. unity, abundance. Exactly. See, that's the abundance. Back, it's taking us back to the garden. That's where we're... You take it anywhere yeah. you go? Yeah. So unity is one thing that we can do that goes right in the community. Boom. I mean, that's John 17. The next one is John thirteen thirty five. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. So when all men, he doesn't say just the church will know, but all, all men, men will know. So if we can honestly kind of love one another and respect and honor one another, okay, boom, where does it go? 
boom, right out in the community. All men will know that you are my disciples. These, the church that I go to, just yesterday just um, uh, raised money for the church in Phoenix, for churches that are underfunded, that they're aware, and they're, they have 10 campuses around town, and uh, all these churches around them and so forth that they really think there's great potential with, but they're underfunded. We just took an offering from them. That was our Christmas present to the community. Wow. We, in one offering, they raised $3.5 million. Wow. And they're going to give that to other churches, Jesus. not that church. We don't, that church didn't make one penny from it. Wow. But Praise the this, Lord. This church is going to give to all those guys that are underfunded, you know, and I don't know how many there are, but I'll bet you each one ends up with, you know, whatever. If Let's say if they had 300 churches, uh, 350 churches, that would be, what, $35,000 to each church, or I think. I, you can correct me with the math. I hope we got to have it right. <laughs> but uh, it would be a significant amount of money, you know, mm-hmm. to somebody that's underfunded. But that was just a gift from that church, all the other churches. That's churches. That's not just talking about unity. That's not just having a unity meeting. That's revealing. Now, see, see, watch this. The choices we make don't make us. They reveal us. Mm, that's so true. And, and that decision by that church to do that, was they aren't just talking about unity. It revealed, revealed. Unity's on the inside of them, not on the outside yeah. of them. It's not something they're trying to be. They already are it. We will return next Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Coast time with another special guest the Lord has brought to Faith City Outreach. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Salmos 117. Alaban al Señor, naciones todas, pueblos todos, cántenle alabanzas. Grande es su amor por nosotros. La fielidad del Señor es eterna. Aleluya. Alabado sea el Señor. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.